What's up, guys? Welcome to episode number 11 of the Kenny Cannon Podcast. And this episode is going to be a little bit different. Uh, in this episode, we talk about how to take the positive out of negative things. So when you go through something that's tough in life, you, you're hit with a tragedy or a crisis or whatever, how do you take with you from that crisis or tragedy or whatever the positive things as opposed to just taking the negative things with you? Uh, I am recording this episode on September 11th, 2019, and that's why I chose that topic because uh, that day in 2001 had a, a profound impact on my life, and I'm sure it had a profound impact on a lot of people's lives that are listening to this. Um, and I just go through some of the lessons that I learned and some of the things, both positive and negative, that I took from that experience, and it really changed my life and the way that I look at the world and the way that I look at other people and the way that I... Um, think about things. So I think there's a lot of lessons to be learned here. So don't forget to subscribe to the show. Leave us a review. Leave us a comment. If you like the stuff that we do, if you like the, the content that we have, you could subscribe on any podcast platform that you listen to. Uh, we're on pretty much every one of them. iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, uh, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, pretty much whatever other one there is. I don't really know because I don't follow that stuff. But Wherever you are, wherever you're listening to this, you could subscribe to us on that platform. You can also leave us a review. You can also leave us a comment that helps other people find content like this. And it also gives us feedback on what we're doing right and what we're doing wrong. And the whole point of this show is to give you the best content possible. So make sure you let us know how we're doing. And uh, you can also go to KennyCannonPodcast.com, get all the show notes and all the uh, links or images or whatever I talk about during the episode. We always put them on KennyCannonPodcast.com. You can also subscribe to the show. And leave us a review and leave us a comment at CannonCannonPodcast.com uh, if you would like. All right, guys, that is all for now. Let's get on to the episode. All right, guys, welcome to the episode. Today we're going to be talking about how to take the positive out of the negative or something that is really terrible. So I chose this topic. First of all, today is like I I'm. this is a really relaxed episode you are probably going to be hearing me drink my coffee and just kind of hang out today because in my office, I'm completely alone right now. There are, my computers are not even here. <laughs> it's like, it's empty. I heard a cricket before, I think. It's weird. But I'm um, just kind of hanging out and uh, I wanted to talk about this topic today with you because it is September 11th when I'm recording this and obviously terrible time, terrible day, horrible thing that happened, the worst thing ever. And I know, listen, I'm just, this is like, this is a completely unleashed episode today. There's going to be one moron that's going to come to me and say, well, you said it's the horrible, most horrible thing ever. What about slavery? Okay, dude, listen, it was 200 years ago. I wasn't alive. No one on this earth was alive. So shut the hell up and move on. There you go. Okay, shut up and move on. In my life, in everyone that's alive in America today's life, besides maybe someone who was like 115 that survived World War II or whatever, 9-11 was the worst thing that ever happened, period. With that said, though, there are a lot of positive things that we can take from that. And I think a lot of times in life, and I do this, you do it, everybody does it, I, I, I try my best to do it less you know, than, than I used to, but we all do it. A lot of times when bad things happen to us, we only take the negative side of it. And I think that a lot of people will say to leave the negative. We don't want that. It's bad. So just just erase it, right? Swish that out of your brain 
and keep the positive, leave the negative, because the negative is just baggage. I think we should take both, because I think that there's a lot we can learn from the negative side of things, there's a lot we can learn from the positive side of things. Because listen, it's, it's, I think not, learning what not to do is equally as important as learning what to do, right? If you can learn what to avoid, you're learning a big lesson. You also have to add on what, what to pursue, but if you can learn what to avoid or the pitfalls or whatever, that's a big lesson as well. So I think we keep the negatives with us, but we also take the positives too. I think a lot of people just take the negatives with them and, you know, leave everything else behind. So, you know, obviously on that day, it was horrible. I was working in the stock business at the time. Uh, the market had closed and it was closed for the entire week. Um, driving home, I was on the, uh, like a state parkway here in New York. It's called the Wontaw State Parkway, basically from north to south on Long Island. And I was coming from north to south and I was going to another state road parkway called Ocean Parkway, which obviously runs along the ocean. That's why they call it that. So I was taking Wanto Parkway down to uh, Ocean Parkway because I just didn't want to take the Long Island Expressway that day. And um, on my way down, we go over a whole bunch of bridges on Wanto Parkway and you could see the New York City skyline from that road on a clear day. And September 11, 2001, it was a Tuesday morning. It was extremely clear. It was a beautiful day. And um, like today should be, actually, where I am anyway. And I hope where you are, too. Always hope for good weather. Anyway, on that day, I actually, I could see the smoke coming up from the, the financial district in New York, the World Trade Center and the surrounding buildings. And uh, I remember that, and it was horrible. And then I drove home and watched some of the news, and the market was closed. The market was closed for the entire week. And I remember my big feeling was obviously very sad, right? Very sad. But, you know, for me, I think we deal with everything, you know, individually, things that we deal with. For me, at that time, my grandfather was in the air flying. That's pretty scary when you have a family member, especially someone who's, you know, close, close family member, flying in the air on a day where planes are hitting buildings. That's pretty scary. Uh, but one thing I will say, and he, he might listen to this show, might listen to this episode, I'm not sure. But one thing I will say, if there's one person <laughs> that would like that, in my life anyway, that, that I, my family, that I know, that I would kind of want on a plane with me when something ever went down, God forbid, it would probably be him. It would definitely be him in, in my family, people that I know. So he, it was scary knowing that he was in, on a plane, but I was like, I'm pretty sure that he'd be able to probably handle whatever went down on that plane if something did go down. I'm sure he was like sharpening a pen <laughs> like in the like in the CDs like sitting there like whittling a pen or something waiting to like stab someone or whatever. But um yeah, I, if there's anybody that would uh that I would want on a plane next to me during something like that, it would probably be him. Definitely be him. Um so yeah, that was that that was happening. And I remember when I was still at my office like I talked to my grandmother and she's like, "Yeah, he's he's flying." on his way to Florida or whatever, traveling for business. And he was actually stuck down there for a while. I think it was like 10 days or something. And then he, I, I could probably, I'm going to get this wrong, but I'm pretty sure that he had to drive home. Or maybe he had to drive to another airport or something. But he was stuck. He was away for a long time. And uh, also my stepfather that morning was, uh, or st- still is a police officer, but he was a police officer then as well. And um, he was, I'm going to get these details wrong too because I don't, remember the exact details of it but he was 
uh, took the sergeant's exam. He was waiting to be assigned, I guess, a new precinct or whatever, or waiting to be like sworn in as a sergeant or appointed as a sergeant or whatever the correct terminology is for the NYPD. I have no idea. But he was he was waiting to become a sergeant and he still had some time to wait. And on that morning after that happened, he was home. Um, they promoted, I don't know if it was all of the people, <clears throat> but it was him and a whole bunch of other people. Might, might have been all the people that were waiting. I don't know. But they promoted the sergeants that were waiting and he was one of them and he was assigned a new precinct that morning. I'm not going to give out any of that information, but he went from where he was to where he is still today. And, uh, he went that morning, went right into work. And that's scary when, you know, your stepfather is, or or anybody really that, you know, is directly involved like that. That's a scary thing. So for me, the big thing was fear. Uh, obviously it was, I was sad, but the fear was, was the emotion at that time that was like, really overwhelming to me. It was the fear of the people that were closest to me. And and I don't really want to say my grandfather being directly involved, but he was flying in the air when planes were crashing into buildings. I mean, that's as close to being involved as you possibly can be without actually being there, right? And then I had my stepfather who was actually there. He was called in. He was there during that time. And there for a long time after, too which is a whole different story, but yeah, that, that, that happened as well. So the fear was the big thing for me. And then I remember that night, um, obviously watched the news all day and all that kind of stuff. And I had to, I actually went in the afternoon, I went fishing in the afternoon because I was just so like, my mind was just, ah, it was like, I couldn't look at it anymore, you know? So I just went out and I went fishing for the afternoon and down to a local dock that I spent my whole childhood at and fish for like snappers and like baby bluefish and stuff and just kind of tried to distract myself. And I remember that night I was watching the news again and the woman on the news was asking for blood donations. Now I, listen, a lot of people that listen to the show, they they didn't know me when I was 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24. (laughs) Like that whole time of my life. When kids were supposed to go to college and graduate high school, they didn't know me that time. A lot of people who were listening to this did know me, but a lot of people didn't. I was pretty much an idiot and it, like not really that great of a person. I didn't never really did anything like terrible. I'm not saying that, but like I was very selfish and like I didn't think of other people at all. Like it was all about me back then. So I remember thinking like this lady was asking for like blood donations and everything else. I'm like, screw, I'm not giving blood, man. Like, what are you, cr- you going to stick a needle in my arm? Like, I don't even like doing that when I got to give a blood test. I'm not going to sit there for 45 minutes with a tube in my arm. Like, that's not happening. That's what I thought back then. Now, I'll give a kidney to somebody that I don't know. Like, if I, like, whatever. Maybe not a kidney. But, like, I'll give blood anytime it's asked for. Like, I don't, the selfishness is gone for the most part. You got to be selfish in some parts of life. But for me, I try to limit it as much as possible. But anyway. I was like, I ain't doing that. No way. That's insane. I am not putting a tube in my arm and giving blood. I don't care. Like, I am not doing that. But human nature takes over, and I want to do something, whatever it may be. Now, this is this is Kenny at, you know, in, in the early, you know, in my 20s, my early 20s. I want to do something, but just don't burden me too much. But I got to do something. And I, I, I listen, I'll be honest with you 100%. I think a lot of that back then for me was like, I want to do something, not because it's the right thing to do, but I want to do something so that 
I feel like I did something. Still selfish. Even though I'm trying to do something for other people, you know, it's still the, the, the motive behind it is not to help somebody else. The motive behind it was so that I feel better about myself and that I, because I did something, right? That, that's, so just, just to get like where my mind was at, at that time. So the lady was like, you can give blood, you can give money. No way. I ain't giving either one of those things. Like those are the two most important things in my life. The blood in my body, like my, my body staying alive and my bank account. That's all I care about, right? And that's what I was thinking. So she was like, you can give blood, you can donate, you know, $15 to the Red Cross. And then she says like five other things that she's like, or you can give any kind of lightly used work clothing to, you can go to any one of your post offices or it might've been a police officer, a, a police a police station, I don't remember. But it was one of those two. It was either a post office or a police station. I don't know, like, there you go, boom. I got these old work boots upstairs. They're black, they're ugly. I don't wear them anymore. They hurt my feet. I am going to drop them off at the post office. I think it was the post office. It might have been a police station. I was like, I'm going to drop them off there. So like, you can go to any one of the post offices, anywhere in the United States, you could drop off your shoes, or anywhere in New York, and you could drop off your clothes or your shoes or whatever, and they will go to police officers or firefighters or EMTs or first responders or whatever who are down there working and trying to help people. So I was like, bam, there you go. That's what I'm going to do because it requires like zero of my time it requires zero of my effort. I don't have to pay for anything, and I am not giving my blood. So stop asking me. That was my thought process. Thank God I changed that. <laughs> shortly after that, this, shortly after 9 11, 2001, I changed my mindset completely on that, those topics. But anyway, I was like, that's what I'm going to do. So I was terrified. I was scared to death. I thought that the whole world was going to collapse, and, you know, that was my mindset. So I went down to the post office to give away my boots. And I was like, yeah, whatever. Here's my boots. Maybe someone can use them. And, you know, it is what it is. So it just uh, a little side note. <laughs> if for some crazy reason, the person that got my boots, actually, they probably threw them out because they were terrible. But if somebody, if whoever is, if, if the person is listening for some crazy reason, that will be the craziest thing in the world. But if that person is listening to this or hears this story ever and you got those boots, I apologize to you 100%. And get in touch with me. I will buy you new boots that are comfortable and awesome because those boots that I gave you on that day when you deserve so much better were absolutely horrible. So anyway, I remember being so afraid to do anything. But then I remember going to that place and giving away my boots. And it wasn't the act of giving the boots. That did nothing for me whatsoever. I remember looking around the place and seeing that at this one post office in this one town on Long Island, there were literally hundreds of people giving everything you could think of. There was people there with canned food. There was people there with, I mean, the parking lot was like full. Like you couldn't even get in. It was insane. I thought they were giving something away. Like I was like, what did I get myself into? Like, is this like, a, did I win like a vacation or something? Like, I don't know what's going on. There was people everywhere and I couldn't believe it. And I remember being so afraid, but then looking around and seeing all those other people that were also afraid, but we knew we were together. And it was comforting for me. And then I, I, you know, I did that and I was like, man, this is like, it, right then and there, like, it's crazy because I look back at that moment and that's when, I'm not saying I changed overnight, but that's when it started to, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe the seed that was planted was like, hey, this is pretty awesome. Maybe I should start thinking about doing stuff for other people 
you know, in a good way, more often. Because look at all these people here. These, all these people here, we're all scared. We're all sad. We're all together, though. We're all doing it together. And we're all trying to make a difference in our own way. And it was awesome. And I remember that was one of the big things that I took from that moment. And I still think about that all the time. Every time I am a little fearful of something or anytime I'm a little afraid or a little apprehensive or getting a little anxious about a project or whatever, I think about that time, that day, when I went in there and everyone was afraid. We were all afraid together. And we were all there, you know, in the same moment. And we all had each other's back. If something did happen, we all had each other's back. And that's just the feeling. Now, I have no idea. Like, if that, if I was at that post office and somebody came in and, like, tried to, like, kill somebody or something, maybe all those people ran away. I probably would have been the first one to run away, right? Maybe everybody run. I don't know. But the feeling that we got, that I got, was that we were there together. And if anything ever did happen, we were in it together. Like, that's, that's what I felt when I was in that moment. And then driving home from that little experience. So first of all, I as as everyone who's listening to this probably knows, I, I live in New York and it's the worst place in the world. You know, that I'm exaggerating a little bit because like there's Cambodia or whatever, but New York is like a pretty much a hellhole. It's like horrible. There's nothing good about it at all besides that it has ocean access. That's literally the only thing that's good about it. And it has Montauk. That's it. If you can cut Montauk off the end of New York and put it in like Georgia, there'd be no reason to have Long Island anymore. It would just float away. Like it could just, but bye, see ya, doesn't matter. So New York is a terrible place. It's the worst place in the world besides obviously like third world countries that where people can't eat or whatever. But in the United States, it's like the worst. So... We drive like crazy people. We all pretty much act like we hate each other. Nobody lives up to their word when they give it to you. Everybody lies to your face. People will stab you in the back for a dollar over and over and over again. That's just the people that are in the place that I live. I mean, it's just not everybody, but most of the people here are just scumbags all over the place. But the day after 9-11, we were completely different. And that's something that I also remember and something that I also take with me and something that I also think about very often because, you know, I deal with these people every day. I mean, I have people every day. Like that, that I, It just happened yesterday and it was the craziest thing in the world. I'm not going to get into the story, but like I had somebody on a phone call from my local area that was literally word for word lying directly to my face. And as he's lying to me, I'm looking at a piece of paper that's proving everything that he says is a lie. Like, I'm reading it to myself. as, And I actually have it on recording, too. I'm not going to play it for anybody. But this person is lying to my face, and I have it. I'm looking at a piece of paper that's saying, no, that's a lie. That's a lie. That's a lie. That's a lie. And I'm just listening to this guy. I'm like, how do people live this way? Like, I don't understand. Like, how do you look in the mirror and go to sleep at night? But on the days after 9-11... People probably still lie to each other, but we let each other merge like normal people. See, in New York, which you have to understand, if you're not from New York, it's maybe a little weird. But if you're from New York, you probably get it. In New York, when we drive on a highway, it's basically a war. That's kind of how we look at it, right? It's it's a fight. It's a fist fight with cars, basically. Everybody in New York drives like we're running away from a nuclear disaster, like a bomb just went off, like a nuclear explosion. And there is no way that you are ever getting ahead of me. 
I mean, that's the mentality of a driver in New York City or Long Island or whatever. Like, you're just not getting... I would, I would ruin my vehicle, spend three hours on the side of a highway, call the insurance company, have to have the police come out and stand on the side of the Long Island Expressway for three hours at five o'clock on a Tuesday so that you don't get ahead of me when we're merging. That's the, that's the mindset of the average everyday New York driver, okay? 9.13, we were waving each other on. No, no, you go. It's fine. It's okay. You, you go. You. And then the other person, no, 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 you go. You go, please. And then after a while, by 9.15, we were ready to kill each other again. It was, screw you. I'm going, I got I have a meeting to go to. Everyone's giving each other the finger out the window and everything else. That lasted two or three days. But those two or three days, you know, those are the things that you, you take with you along with the negative stuff, but those are the things that you take with you because there's lessons to be learned in that. You know, I always say, and I just said it before, New York is a horrible, horrible place. It's a horrible place. There is nothing good about it besides ocean access and Montauk. That's it. Everything else about New York is horrible. If I could legally do it, I am in a family issues, not issues, but like I have, my daughter is, I'm divorced, right? Everybody knows that. So I can't leave, right? I have to wait until my daughter's 18, then I can leave. If I could leave today, I'm not exaggerating. I would not be recording the show. I'd be packing my stuff. I actually wouldn't even take anything. I'd just go and buy new stuff. Like, honestly, that's how bad it is here. I would just leave. Take everything. I don't care about whatever it is that my, my truck, my everything. Just take it. I don't want it. I'm going somewhere else. But it, it those those two or three days showed me that if we really wanted to, we could live like people who respected each other. We could live like people who cared about their neighbor. We could live like people who had respect for each other and had self-respect and didn't lie to each other's face every day and didn't stab each other in the back every day and didn't, you know, live life like it's all about them. Like I lived for a long time, right? We could live that way as a state, as, you know, an island, as a city. We could live that way if we wanted to, but we choose not to because we're idiots for the most part. And that's not every New Yorker, but it's most of them. And I, I, I say that thinking just now because... Um, there are people in, I mean, it's a group of people, right? No matter what group of people you take, you're going to have people that are terrible. You're going to have people that are amazing. My neighbor is amazing. His name is Henry. He's like 90 years old. The kids love him. He was a Korean War vet. The guy's freaking awesome. I love him, right? But again, I think in New York, if you take the sample size of people here, the sample size of douchebag to amazing is a little off as opposed to maybe Georgia, or North Carolina, or, you know, I don't know, Pennsylvania or something. Those places are just, they have better people in them, in my opinion. And again, it's not everybody, because there's going to be, again, like the slavery guy. There's going to be someone here who's like, well, I'm in New York, and I don't do those things. Okay, good. Anecdotal evidence, dude. You're, you're one person. Okay, as a whole, most people here are terrible. It's just, it is what it is. But September 11th, or September 12th, um, 13th and 14th of 2001, showed me and the world and everybody that we could live like respectable, nice people if we really, really wanted to. 
All right, so we're going 22 minutes here. I'm going to I'm going to end it there. I just want to say one more thing really quickly. Um I say this a lot, but it is what it is. And I think this is this is one thing where New Yorkers are awesome. Um and that is our respect for the military and the people who serve our country every single day. Uh whether you're uh, Should I even go into this? I'll go into the story real quick. Actually, I won't go into it. It's about a par- old partner that I had, and he was just being a jerk about something in relation to the military. But anyway, it doesn't matter what you do if you're a member of the military and you're listening to this. And I don't know if you even think about this. I don't even know if you care what I say. It doesn't matter. But I've had some experiences in life where people try to tell me that, oh, he, you know, yeah, he's in the military, but he didn't even, like, he's, like, stationed in Kansas somewhere. Like, he just works on a base or whatever. Listen, that person raised their hand, walked into that recruitment office, put on a uniform, and is a better man or woman than either of us could ever be. Whether they work on a goddamn radio or whether they fly out of planes and kill people in the middle of the night with a dog attached to their back, it doesn't really matter to me. They signed up, volunteered, sacrificed everything they had to protect us. And they didn't have to do that. That's a big deal. So we respect the military. We love the military. My businesses all uh, do whatever we can to support veterans. And, you know, obviously, as many of you know, we help entrepreneurs build businesses. We help salespeople sell more stuff. Uh, We help people start businesses. And if anyone ever comes to me and they're a veteran and they want to start a business, they want to grow a business, they want help with their business, I will offer whatever I can to help that person um, do that. And, it, you know, back when I gave my boots away, that was my way of saying, oh, I did something and then having myself try to look good, right? You know, that's not what it's about anymore. I mean, these people that sacrifice themselves and their families and everything else in their time to defend what we stand for, our ideals, our culture, are the greatest people in the world. There's no doubt about that. They are the greatest people in the world. And we do whatever we can here at my businesses to try to help them, not to try to make us look better, but because I believe, based on my experiences in life, I believe that people in the military have, not again, again, it's a group of people. So there are terrible people in the military. I mean, there are, but the people that I experience, people that I've dealt with as a whole, right? That group of people, they have a really high standard of ethics, morals, values. They work very hard. They're not late. They're, they're always on time. They set goals. They try to accomplish things. They have targets. They try to accomplish it. So they're just a really, as a whole, a good group of people. And uh, I really enjoy working with them. So we always take our time out many times for free to help any kind of person who served in any capacity um, if they want to start a business or grow their business that they're currently in or whatever. And uh, just recently, I had the opportunity. It's actually, we did a podcast on it, I think. We actually did a podcast on the way up. It was the bonus episode of the family road trip, if you go back and listen to that. I had the opportunity to meet um, and hang out with uh, a person by the name of Anthony who owns a company called Veteran Made, uh, Veteran Made New York. And they make custom furniture and also uh, American flags. And he's the person who made all the flags in my house. And I know some of you have seen them in some pictures that I take and stuff like that. And uh, he's the guy that makes all of them. Or his company is the, the one that makes all of them. So it's people like him that, that, you know, that make our country great. 
and there's people like him that we want to help and there's people like him that we want to prop up because not only is his business amazing and his uh, products are amazing, Veteran Made New York, you can follow him on Instagram or whatever, or you can just go to his website and buy a flag from him because they're freaking amazing. But not only is, is his, the stuff that he does amazing and, and his company amazing, he's an amazing person and he has an amazing family and he's just a good guy. And I think in this day and age and the time that we live in now, and in any time really, we just need more good people. Whether you're rich or poor or you're you know, a CEO or you work at Walmart for $10 an hour or whatever, we just need more good people. We need people who will say, you know, I'll be there at 10 o'clock and they show up at 5 to 10. We need people who say, um, yeah, I'll help you on Saturday with whatever, you know, fixing the garage or whatever. And then they actually show up and help you. We need people who are going to shake your hand and give you their word and actually do it. We need people who are going to tell you the truth when you're asked a question or when you ask them a question or something like that. And uh, I think we're severely lacking that. And I think that members of the military, when I work with them anyway, um, as a whole, as a group of people, I find that they are more ethical and honest and upfront and, you know, I can depend on them more when I tell them, you know, if I say, you know, we start at nine, well, they're going to be there, you know, as a whole. And that doesn't mean other people are bad. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is as a whole, in my experience, um, they're amazing people. And I think a lot of people agree with that. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to do a quick thank you to them. Like always, try to do that as much as I possibly can. But today, obviously, extra special. So for all that you guys do. And the first responders all over the place. You know, obviously, New York City. Um FDNY, NYPD, but all over the United States and around the world, people who sacrifice their lives and their time with their family and everything else to make sure that we're safe and try to help us when we're hurt or when we're in trouble and all that. All right, guys, so that is all for today. I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you like content like this and you like, uh, this one's a little bit different, but you know, go back and listen to some other episodes. If you like uh, the show and you like the content, Think about subscribing on any podcast platform that you are a member of or that you use. We're on pretty much every platform that you could think of. Uh, iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, and on and on and on and on and on. I don't know what all of them are, but we're on pretty much every one of them. Uh, You can subscribe there. And you can also, if you really like it, you can leave a review and a comment. Let us know what you think about the content, how we can improve it, how we can make it better. Or if you just love it, just tell us you love it. That's cool too. It's fine. So, uh, yeah, you can do that as well. All right, so that is all for now. I hope you guys have an amazing day, and we'll talk to you next time.